welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest is Justin Rosario. Justin writes for The Banter, formerly known as The Daily Banter. Justin and I go way, way, way back. So I'm really looking forward to talking to him. But before I do, I always try to keep these intros short. I do have a tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going. If you enjoy today's conversation, take a look at the About page. Check out some of my past guests. You'll see most of the time I talk to political people, but occasionally I interview actors because I used to be one. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're Followed up by What's Up with Me, a show for patrons only after each free show. Check out the variety of tier options at patreon.com slash startmeup. You can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I've included a link that allows you to donate through PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber, it's free. And while you're there, please rate the show and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. Now please enjoy my conversation with Justin Rosario. Welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, Kimberly, how are you? I'm really good, and I'm and I'm great. I'm like grateful you're on the show for so many reasons, but um, I don't know why I didn't think to invite you sooner. And you know, it, it's funny because I get lost in my who am I going to talk to? What am I going to talk about? But I just want to tell everybody that you and I met. I think it was around 2012. We were both working for Addicting Info, and I believe you were one of the editors. Correct. Uh, yes, I was an editor. I was. I've been with. I was. I was at Addicting Info from pretty much the beginning. Wow! Wow! And, That's interesting. Yeah. And then the funny thing is, is okay. So that was 2012, and my mother was interested in. You know, I've always been interested in politics. At that point, she and I had a book out called The Virgin Diaries, which I'm going to get to in a minute because you do have a little thing to talk about there. Anyway, or I, sh- you know what I'm trying to say. I'm getting yep. all I'm getting all ahead of myself and thinking too fast. Anyway, so I saw that Addicting Info was like, oh, you know, we, we're hiring liberal writers and we pay. And so I told my mom, I'm like, hey, you should check this out. And I, th- I think she might have written one thing or something like that. And then uh, my my father's cousin was is a lesbian and she was denied communion or yeah i think she was denied communion or denied something at her mother's funeral by the asshole priest because she was a lesbian and so my mother wrote about it for addicting info and it exploded and i remember i was like all over twitter i didn't have much of a presence at all but I was tagging everybody. I tagged Lawrence O'Donnell, and my cousin wound up going on Lawrence O'Donnell. Like they, because of the addicting info article, it went viral, and it like every major station carried it. So anyway, I had said to her, you know, hey, they're hiring. So she started writing for them. Then I later on my own blog wrote an open letter to Rush Limbaugh from a liberal slut, and got approached by addicting <laughs> info, and they're like, hey, your mom's great. Would you write for us too? And so two things I want to say about you. There was one article that I wrote. Gosh, I think it had to do I think it had to do with oh god, what's Frothy's name? Rick Santorum. And I think it yep. was about his wife and some kind of issue she had with pregnancy and I don't remember the details and I got something wrong. 
whatever it was that I got wrong, I saw it and I completely freaked out and there were no editors around. And I'm like, like freaking out. And finally I got a hold of you and thankfully you went in and changed it for me because I was having such a cow. And then the other thing that I just want to mention is yes, my mother and I did put together uh, the book, The Virgin Diaries, where we interviewed 72 men and women gay and straight about, you know, uh, what it felt like to have sex for the first time. And you gave such a rave review and I've, you know, thank you so much. It's not that it's sweet. You were genuine, but it was just, it was, we were, both of us were just like, wow, that's so cool. So thank you. <laughs> All these years later. <laughs> You're welcome. I am patiently waiting for my daughter to get a little bit older. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I have every intention of having her read it. She's not quite there yet. Right now right. she's still in the phase of boys are icky. So, yeah. you know, she's not there yet. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting is, and I think I wrote this in the book. When I was 10, I was in fifth grade. I might have wrote I think I might have written that I was nine, but I was I was ten. I was in fifth grade, and my girlfriend brought the book Forever to school, and that's about sex. And it was pretty. I mean, it was by Judy Bloom, and it you know I mean she pretty much described everything and even used the word "come." She spelled it C O M E, and I remember like <laughs> I I didn't know what that meant. I kind of understood it, but I really didn't. And I, but I knew I didn't want to ask my mom, like, Hey mom, what does come mean? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, um, but you know, I was so, I was very young. I was 10 years old and there was no way I was interested in, in sex or anything like that, but I was fascinated by it because I mean, it's everywhere. So it's like, I always appreciate the parents who are open to letting their kids, uh, get the real story. Because that's what I wanted to offer. Like, I didn't want charts and graphs and all that stuff. Anyway, I'm going, I'm just blabbing so much. I need yeah, to shut up. Good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we've, we've, we've been having discussions with her. She's not super open to having those discussions. Yeah. She's still, like, she's embarrassed by it. Of course, yeah. It. But we also have conversations with um, Lila, who's kind of like our semi-adopted daughter from next door. Uh-huh. That's a whole story in and of itself that would take forever. <laughs> but, like, we just kind of folded her into our family. Yeah. Um, you know, absent father, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, like, a surrogate for her. Uh-huh. But, you know, she's 13, and we've been having those conversations with her for quite some time yeah. now. yeah. Wow. I wanted her to read the book, but her mother was kind of like, eh, we're not doing that. And I was like, yeah. that's okay. But we still have the conversations. Exactly. But, and that's good. That, well, that's you know. very sweet of you guys. And 13 is definitely, I mean, 13 is when my mom sat me down and she's like, look, you're going to start, you know, sex is going to be coming up. And I was like, ah, and I was so grossed out and freaked out by it. And she's like, I just want you to make sure that you, if you want to have sex, there's going to be no judgment. I'll take you to get birth control. I don't want to be a grandmother, uh, you know, <laughs> while you're young. And, and so I remember I was so mortified by that. But I remembered what she said. And when I actually did decide to have sex for the first time, I was older and I, di- I was 16. I didn't go to her uh, to get birth control, but we did use a condom. So that's good. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah see, I never had any of those conversations. My father just neglected to just any of that. Yeah, whatsoever. well, mo- most parents are like that. They think if you don't, they for some, it's like the idea of talking about drugs. If you talk about drugs, kids are going to want to do drugs. And same with sex. It's like kids are going to want to have sex no matter what. They they have those hormones running around in their bodies, and they're going to say what they say to their parents, but they're going to have a totally different thing. My mom and I were very close and very open, and I still felt awkward and weird about it. I could talk to my friends, but I found that my friends gave me 
answers about sex that weren't necessarily true. Like my girlfriend said, I remember before I ever had sex, she was like, it's so much fun. And okay, yeah, it is. But not the first time. <laughs> not the first time, especially for girls. It's like not fun at all. And most of the time it's awkward. And even boys were like, you know, I mean, a lot of guys in the in the book loved it, obviously. But some of them were talking about the either the awkwardness or they didn't think it was as exciting as they expected it to be because I think what they expect is what they see in movies. And, you know, it's not necessarily like that when you're when you're a kid or when you're really young and you've never done anything before. You're just kind of learning and you're figuring it out. So anyway, well, it's, um, it's way worse for their generation. Than it was from ours. I mean, we didn't have nearly as much access to porn as they do. And yeah, I have to keep trying true, to explain yeah. to them what you see it's is not. pure fantasy. Yeah, right. It's all fantasy. And there's like every you know every guy you go see is not going to be 10 inches long <laughs> they're not going to last 40 minutes they're not going to change positions every three minutes that's not what real sex is like you know it's it's just you can't look at that your body's not going to look like that unless you have a whole lot of surgery and yeah. constantly exercise <laughs> just don't don't you know you watch it if you're going to watch it and enjoy it just don't expect to be that way yeah you know it's not gonna be like that no just, it's, it's it is pure not. fantasy <laughs> you know and I, I have to keep reminding them of this every now and then and they kind of go oh, talk about this and he was like yeah but you trust me when you get to it you're gonna be like oh that's right right yeah 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 that it's... was fantasy this is reality <laughs> yes and it's just so good to have parents who are up on it because <laughs> I can't even imagine being a kid today and all the shit they have to deal with. Um, but you know what? Let's change the subject because I'm I'm seeing an overall sense of panic uh, because of the chaos we're experiencing as a country. I mean, we're experiencing chaos from from re Republican leaders, and I was going to say religious, but yeah, religious leaders too. Um, but the main problem right now, like today, when I was figuring out, like, what are Justin and I going to talk about? I was going, I usually just scroll down my Twitter feed and I get, you know, all kinds of different things. Today, it's like everyone is laser focused on the anti-maskers and the Delta variant. So we're going to talk about that. Now, obviously, the anti-vaxxers are, you know, they're irresponsible. Yeah, they're you monsters. They're just monsters. And they're irresponsible. And we're because of them, we're risking a lockdown, a drain on the economy, and worst, we are, or worse, I should say, we are going to, I can't even imagine what the fuck is going to happen when kids start going back to school. So I just wanted to get your take as a dad. Um, you know, how are you feeling about the upcoming school year? Well, all right. So I wrote about this three weeks ago before anyone was starting to freak out because I started, when I first started hearing about Delta, mm -hmm back when it was still in India, right? Where, where they mm -hmm. called it the, you know, the quote unquote Indian variant, right? Before they stopped doing that with countries. Mm -hmm. My friend, my next door neighbor, Claudia, right? She, she's our best friend and she's a teacher. And she has, you know, like I live, well, I live in the West End of Alexandria and that we, we are the West End over here. And like this whole Northern Virginia is extremely diverse. Mm -hmm. So she has kids and parents from India, right? There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, immigrants. And she was hearing from her parents 
um, that you know, as it, it was as Delta was tearing India to, to shreds, mm-hmm. that it was impacting kids in yeah. a way that the older variants didn't. Mm-hmm. Right, and that was you know that was that was a, you know not, you know secondhand stories and whatnot, and I was like, but if that's true that's going to be a problem for us. Mm-hmm. And then it got here mm-hmm. and that's, that's what we started to hear. Mm-hmm. And now what happened when COVID got here the first time we immediately shut down all the schools and that's when COVID didn't really hit kids that hard. Right. Like they could get it, but it generally didn't do anything to them mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, they could get it and they could, pass it on to other people but they didn't really get impacted by it It mostly they didn't get sick Mm -hmm. um but that was the alpha variant that was the original and even the the ones after it didn't really do much to kids but this one does Mm -hmm. right it doesn't it doesn't do something specific to kids it just it, it just affects them now yeah as as like the old like the original ones affected other people so now we pulled all the kids out of school and it didn't impact them on the first wave. But now yeah. we're putting them in school mm-hmm. and this variant Jesus. does impact them. And while seventh through 12th grade, a lot of the, the, those kids are, out, well, some sixth grade as well, right. 12 and up, mm-hmm. they can get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Every kid underneath can't yeah. yet. And if you're looking at pre-K and kindergarten oh and even first grade, those kids aren't going to be able to stay away from each other and keep each no other way. from six feet apart and wearing right. masks. They're just going to pass it all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's super infectious, which means there's what? 54 million school kids or something like that. They're just going to be, there's going to be hundreds of thousands of kids yeah. getting sick and dying. And and there's going to be thousands and thousands of them dying mm-hmm. just percentage wise mm-hmm. you know and we're already halfway to at um the last peak which was like two what, what, was, what was it, it was like two hundred and fifty thousand a day oh, people right, were yeah. getting infected we're already like a hundred and thirty thousand a day mm-hmm. once the schools open mm-hmm. we're gonna blow right past that just from kids so how old are your kids okay so Lila's 13. She's the, she's the girl next door. Mm-hmm. Jordan's 13. They're both vaccinated. Okay. Anastasia's 11. Now, yeah. technically, she's not old to get vaccinated. Yeah. I lied through my teeth and said, she's 12. And they said, <laughs> okay. And she's vaccinated. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Wow. Oh, I my was God. Not, I was not screwing around with that. Her yeah. birthday's in February. There is no difference between 11 and a half and no. 12. No. No, there isn't. There was no way I was sending her back to school without having a vaccination. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. This is so scary because it's like, I mean, I feel like, you know, my niece is seven years old and I don't have any say in her life. It, and, 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 you know, her parents are going to do what they have to do. And I, you know, but it's like if it, if she were my child. I would I would probably keep her out of school and homeschool her or hire some kind of tutor that's been vaccinated um, until she's able to get vaccinated. Now, you know, I don't even know what my brother's financial situation is. I know he's going through a couple of different personal things right now. 
I don't even know if he would be willing to do that. Now, he got COVID, and then he got Ooh. vaccinated. So he's pretty protected, you know, but my niece is often around my dad and my stepmom, and they're older. My dad is 75, and, you know, he's recently gone through, he had a heart attack, and he, he's had surgery for that. He's going to have surgery in the next couple of weeks because something's going on with his artery and it's having to do with his legs. It's not urgent or anything, but still, he's in a vulnerable Something position. Something you want to take care of. Yeah, and it, he's in a vulnerable position. So I'm very concerned that if she goes to school, she's going to bring it home and, you know, infect my dad. And that really scares me. But, you know, I mean, again, it's not my kid. It's not my place to say, here's what you need to do because it's his kid. And I, you know, I mean, I don't know. At least the only benefit is that we live in Montgomery County, Maryland, and the, you know, I know that they're pretty serious about masking and all that, but again, like you said, they're kids, and I don't know what the other kids' parents are doing, and from what I saw, and I don't know, uh, I think, was it Hogan said, the, the governor said something about he's not going to enforce any kind of mask mandate, so I don't know what that means for schools. Like, are they going to not have to wear masks if they don't want to? And then if you've got a kid whose parents aren't vaccinated sitting next to my niece, this affects me and it fa- affects my family. And, and it's, it's, it's terrifying to me. And I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, it, there's nothing I can do. And I feel helpless. It, this is the worst. This is the most uncomfortable feeling I I. I can't even deal. So I just like the way that I have to look at it is, you know, I was talking to my friend last week after my mom had that whole issue because, and I've talked about it before, but basically she had a reaction to medication and she thought she was having a heart attack. And so, you know, I was after that whole horrible episode, I was talking to my friend and she said something like, uh, she's like, this is what I do. You know, you, you put your hand out with your, with your fist up and that's your problem. So whatever your problem is, that you don't have any control over. You open your hand and you release it. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's something in release. And she said, that's what I do. I say it out loud. I release it to, to the universe. I release it to God because I don't have any control over it. I feel like that's as much as I can do. I could just release it to the universe and say, please keep my family safe. You know, how fucking sad is that? It's ridiculous. Well, I don't know if you know, um, but I mean, I, I have a slightly other state of panic because I have another kid. He's up in New York and I'm, I'm a little less panicked because New York has been pretty goddamn good with their vaccination rate mm-hmm. and they are not currently a COVID hotspot. Yeah. But he just turned eight. Or, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, he's about to turn eight on the 21st. Excuse me. Um, but he's 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 my kid through. Um, I'm, I'm a donor dad um, through uh, my uh, friends up in New, um, in New York, a lesbian couple, because um, I'm just that kind of liberal. Aww. So <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's Kyle's an adorable eight year old, and he's uh, unfortunately from me. He has asthma, uh-huh. um, and it's not good asthma. He's got fairly serious asthma and he's going to be going to school and he can't get vaccinated and i know new york's going to be more serious about it than like freaking republican governors but it's still he's still going to be in school exactly and that's the whole thing it's like you don't know i mean you can't depend on these younger kids to make all the safe choices just because they're immature and they don't know any better and it's not their fault it's just the fact that they're young and they don't get it some might get it but not to the degree of what's happening i mean to, i i don't know if you saw 
that video on Twitter circulating last week of the child laying in the hospital with the ventilator keeping him alive. Uh, it was fucking horrifying. Um, you know, I, I don't know. And there, there was also another video circulating today and it's all these angry parents I couldn't even bring myself to watch it it's getting to the point where it's like I need to do my job I need to be informed about what's going on but sometimes when I watch whatever whether it's a video or reading an article it's so incredibly upsetting to me that I cannot finish it but it was just anti-maskers threatening people we will find you if if you you know force our kids to wear masks in school something like that um People are going fucking nuts about this. I mean, what is well, going it's a, on? It's a, it's a death cult. These people are a fucking death cult. They're so dedicated to owning the libs and making libs sad, mm-hmm. you know, that they're, they're willing to sacrifice children. Mm-hmm. Like, they're desperate to see a whole bunch of kids get sick and die so they can point to libs and say, ha, 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 look at your lib tears. Like, they're desperate for this. They want this so badly. And and it's weird because, like, at one part, you know that they think later, right, when COVID is out of control again, that this is going to help them politically. They can say, ha, 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 see, it wasn't Trump's fault. Yeah. And they think that no one's going to be able to look at them and say, but you specifically caused this. Yes. They think they could just not have any responsibility for it. Like, we don't have hundreds and hundreds of hours of video of them going, well, you can't make me wear a mask. You can't make me get vaccinated. Ha, 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 look what you did. It's your fault yeah. that COVID's out of control. It's like, no, 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 no. That's no, not how this work works, out. you no. piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fucking, you can't spread, you can't be a plague rat and then blame someone else for spreading the plague. You're the plague rat. Yeah. So go fuck yourself. I, and, I, and you know that's what they're going to—they're planning on doing. Of course, of course, of course they are. Um, you know, like for the midterms, they're going to be like, "See, Biden didn't get COVID yes. under control," and yeah. they think no one's going to turn around and say, "But we have all the receipts. Mm-hmm. You're the ones that did this. Shove it up. You can't do that." But they're going to try anyway, and I'm just going to want to just punch them dead in the face for it because they're going to be killing thousands of kids. Thousands of them are going to die because of this. Yeah, and it's madness. So, you know what? We're going to get right back to this madness in a quick second, but first we're going to take a little break. Who doesn't love hanging out in loungewear? I mean, I live in it. (laughs) Loungewear used to be code for hideously ugly sweats. I mean, even your Pets were making fun of you. But that's a thing of the past with Cozy Earth. The people known for creating luxuriously soft cool sheets made from viscose from bamboo have done it again. They have taken loungewear to a whole nother level with their comfy super soft selections and gorgeous styles and colors. From wonderful pajama sets, leggings and tees, every item is sourced from earth-friendly viscose from bamboo for enhanced breathability and temperature regulation, which, if you're like me, postmenopausal is extremely important. You'll find something that you can't lounge without at Cozy Earth. See why Oprah described Cozy Earth pajamas as the softest ever in O Magazine. Best of all, go to CozyEarth.com now. Enter promo code Stephanie35 and save 35% on their loungewear and bedding. That's CozyEarth.com. Promo code Stephanie35. CozyEarth.com. And we're back. Uh, yeah, it, it's just fucking, it's just insane. 
that we, I mean, Ron DeSantis today, he gave a press conference and he said that, oh no, these kids, I think he said it was the kids, uh, they don't have COVID, they have, yeah, he did, they have RSV, which is some kind of respiratory uh, illness. And yeah, I saw like, something about that. I was just like, yeah, this guy's on drugs. Who the hell does he think he's kidding? Well, that's the here. Here's the here. That's what it is because he is trying to pull one over on everybody, and it, it's like, what's his motivation? Okay, I've talked to a lot of people on this show, and just in you know, in person, what the fuck is motivating these Republicans? Okay, some people are saying that it is that they know they're going to win. So they don't give a shit if they kill off their base or if they even kill off children of people in their base. They, you know, there, there is that theory out there that they have already stacked the elections and somehow rigged the elections in their favor. I don't know if that's really the case, but that's what some people are assuming. And then, and then there are other people out there. Like I talked with, I talked with Kurt Bardella the other day on Monday and, you know, his take on this whole thing is that, he he feels that it actually works, and I hate to say this because I don't think death is a political advantage. I, I would never want to use death as a strategy to win, but because Republicans are willfully refusing, like a majority of Republicans are willfully refusing the vaccine, there will be a number of them who die, and because of that, the uh, you know it, it's it's going to change what's going to happen in 2022 because in some of these cases the republicans or whoever win with small margins and if you're killing off your base you're basically handing the victory to democrats now i don't know because they we still don't have that voting bill which maybe we're going to get to in a minute but um what do you think about all this like what do you think they're doing do you i mean do you think that i mean yes i do agree with what you said as far as they're going to point fingers to biden but i mean at biden uh in the midterms and they're going to say it's all his fault but i mean well, what, what what are these people who are republicans and lose their children over this how did they see it and what the fuck are the leaders doing well i mean the the leaders at this point are so they're they're trapped, right? I mean, so, well, some of them are trapped. Some of them are just monsters, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're they're just complete and total soulless monsters, and they will do whatever they think they need to to keep the base happy. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them are trapped by the base. Mm-hmm. Like the base is so warped and twisted by decades decades of propaganda from right-wing media that you i mean they created a monster mm-hmm. you know like the yeah, average republican voter is functionally insane like they're, they're they may not be clinically insane right. but they're functionally insane yeah they cannot operate in reality anymore they they l- literally believe things that are not true I cannot be dissuaded from them. You know, as far as they're concerned, Democrats rape and kill and drink the blood of children. Yeah. Like they think this is real. And therefore, anything that Democrats say you should do, you have to oppose. That's their reality because that's what Tucker Carlson tells them. That's what Sean Hannity tells them. That's what Rush Limbaugh used to tell them before he died and now he's burning in hell. <laughs> but, you know, this is this is what they're told 
all the time and they absolutely 100% believe it. Even if they don't really believe it, they have to act like they believe right. it because if they don't, then they have to start questioning everything else that they believe and then it all comes apart. Right. Wow. And, you know, but you, you, think... you can't, you, it's like a Jenga, it's like a Jenga tower. You pull out one block, yes. everything else collapses. But you would think that children dying might be the one thing that they would say, okay, well, that's just a bridge too far for me, but it's not. They're just denying it. And I mean, I, I'm so afraid of what's going to happen this fall. It's going to be gruesome. It's going to be fucking gruesome because there's going to be so many sick children. And, and the worst part about all of this is, you know, there's going to be a bunch of kids who get what they call a mild case, which is not a mild case. It's incredibly painful and, you know, upsetting and hard to deal with people who have trouble breathing. In some cases, yes, it's just like a mild flu, but... The Delta, and then they'll be. They may be stuck with long COVID. That's which is it. Even worse. That's it. It's long COVID, or or because there's two different things. There's long COVID, and then you get, co and then there's the other thing of getting COVID, and then months later, after feeling fine, you start either showing cognitive decline, your heart's got fucking damage to it, or your lungs have damage. There, there was somebody that that was, there was some story on Twitter that I saw about a guy who he was not vaccinated. But um, he got Twitter and he had to relearn how to walk. You know, I mean, there are all these different things that are happening. And so therefore it's Russian roulette. And because there are all these different possibilities, which not it's not a guarantee that you're going to get, you know, cognitive decline or long COVID. It's just a possibility. And because it's just a possibility, I'm seeing even liberals saying, well, I'll take the risk. I'll, you know, I'll travel and I'll do this and I'll take the risk. And. I mean, obviously, there are people who have, like my uncle was just diagnosed with COVID and he's fully vaccinated, but he travels for a living. That's what his job is. He has to earn money. So unfortunately, he I would assume he got it from traveling. Um, right. But I mean, then there's the people who are voluntarily running all over the place as if there's no variant out there. They think that, oh, well, we're vaccinated. That's just the answer to everything. No, because we're finding out now. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was all about maybe this could happen and maybe maybe vaccinated people could get it to vaccinated people. We found out, yes, they can. Maybe vaccinated people could get long COVID. Yes, they can. All this stuff is coming out this week because more people are getting Delta and we're seeing what happens. And and it's just I, I mean, I, I, I see irresponsibility primarily from Republicans, but there are. You know, people like to only pin it on them. But you know what? There's a bunch of Democrats who not as many. But they are also taking risks. And maybe they're saying, because I'm vaccinated, I feel safe to take this risk. But you could be vaccinated and get fucking long COVID. So I just, I wish, you know, I don't think, I don't want to go on a lockdown, but we need to do something. Something drastic needs to be done. There was a precedent in 1905, the Supreme Court ruled that vaccinations could be made mandatory. And if you don't get them, you would be fined. And I think we need to do that again, cross the board. I think it will happen. And this is my take, and I want to see what you think about this. But I think once it's approved, we're going to start seeing corporations, uh, you know, basically trying to protect their bottom line and, and forcing vaccinations. And perhaps we'll see that from restaurants, because if you would you want a lockdown? Or do you want to just, you know, say, you need to show me proof of vaccine? Of course, then we have to get into the whole possible thing of people buying vaccine cards. But, I mean, do you agree that perhaps it will take the FDA's approval to get some of these corporations to, I mean, some of them are started, 
but like a whole bunch of them to say you can't work here unless you're vaccinated. Well, I know they're using I know they're using that as an excuse right now, and once that excuse is gone, they're, they're going to be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, to do it because people want to go to the restaurants, and honestly, there's a lot more adults that are vaccinated than aren't, mm-hmm. and we want to go out to restaurants yes. and know that we're safe. Yeah. You know, and the whole, well, you can't make me do that. It's like, no shirt, no shoes, no <laughs> shot, no service. Totally. You know, and that's it. And they, they, I mean, the whole, you don't have the right to do that. It's like, of course they do. They absolutely <laughs> have the right to do that. Yeah, they do. That, that whole concept is like, that's my freedom. It's like, no, that's your freedom to stay home yeah. and leave the rest of us the fuck alone. Yeah. We don't want your goddamn disease. Stay home and do takeout. The rest of us want to be able to go out to the movies. We want to be able to go out to restaurants. We want to be able to go out to concerts. If that doesn't, if that bothers you, get the shot. Yeah. You don't want the shot? Stay home. That's your that's your prerogative. Why should the rest of us pay for your choice? Yeah, exactly. And you know they they throw that at us all the time, like the the fucking assholes are. Well, I don't have to pay for your birth control. And it's like, well, you know, because it's through insurance. I had this big fight with a libertarian back in 2012 about this. And it's like, well, I don't have to pay for your fucking COVID bill. And um, they just don't understand that. They don't put two and two together because they're, it's like you said, they're only about owning the libs. They're only about being hateful and divisive. And unfortunately, I believe half this country or a huge portion of this country is brainwashed. And, you know, I mean, Terry Canefield is a lawyer. Let me look at what she said. I've had her on the show several times. But she was saying that she showed it was yet another video of angry parents about masking their kids, and they were all screaming. And so Terry says, got to keep the base angry. Angry people vote. And no, they don't care if children get sick. And I, I guess that is the Republican strategy is to keep their voters angry so that they will be motivated, even though a good portion of them will be dead. <laughs> Well, I mean, you gotta you gotta remember, Republicans talk about how much they care about children. Yeah. They don't. No. They've never cared about kids. I mean, they care about a fetus. Yeah. They don't care about kids. <laughs> They've never cared about kids. They don't care. They cut school lunches. They cut they yeah. cut food stamps to kids. They yes. cut school lunches to kids. They don't ever want to help kids. Doesn't matter what color they are. If they're poor, they don't want to feed them. They don't want to close them. Mm-hmm. They don't want to house them. Not, they don't even want to pay for their education. Yeah. Nothing. Once they're out of the womb, they don't give a well, shit about you know, that kid they anymore. They don't even give a shit about the fetus. They just give a shit about controlling the woman. So, and then they pretend to care about the fetus so that they can control the women. Well, of course. Yeah. But you know, at least they're pretending to care right, about the exactly. fetus. <laughs> but you know, I mean they don't really they've never cared about kids. So I mean if you stack up a body if you stack up a pile of dead kids right. and you put that against what they want politically, the, what they want politically is always gonna win. Yeah. Because they don't care. They ne- right. they're they're a death cult. They're or they are one hundred percent on board with sacrificing as many lives as they can in order to get what they want because it's all about power, power, power and how much hate they can spew while they're while they're doing it. Yeah. I mean honestly, if they if they can if they can if you gave them two options, get what I want and get what I want while hurting someone, they will always oh, go with the option where they can hurt someone. Mm-hmm. Because that's the it's the only way that makes them happy. Mm-hmm. 
They're just miserable people. They yeah. have to get what they want at the expense of someone else. Otherwise, it's no good. And that is such a fucking, it's true and it's so sad. And, you know, I mean, I have people in my family who are, who are that way. And, you know, I just, I, I can't even imagine living like that. But, you know, I had a, what was his name? It's, it's escaping me. But he used to be a neo-Nazi. He was on my show. And he was basically saying that, um, that being a neo-Nazi and taking on that kind of belief system really stemmed from self-hatred and projecting it out onto others. And clearly that's what they're doing. And I think, you know, I mean, there, there are people that I know who are Republican and I know them very well. I've known them for a very, 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 very long time and I know their history. And, and so I know the psychology behind it. And that's really what it is. It's like being upset at the choices you make and blaming other people for them, being upset because you don't like your life and you see other people who are enjoying their life and then pointing your finger, pointing their finger and calling them communists. And that's really all it is. And then, and then we've got Fox News and all these ridiculous, toxic talk radio personalities just reinforcing that on a daily basis. And it's getting so bad now that fucking Tucker Carlson is in Hungary talking about how great the autocracy is over there and selling white supremacy. And I mean, he's always been selling white supremacy, but it's just much more blatant. And I, I can't even imagine where that's going to go. But that's, I want to bring you to this because I saw today on Twitter, this is a total change of subject, but uh, Schumer said that Republicans refusing to support the voting rights is not an excuse for Dems to do nothing. So he says the voting rights bill will be the first thing Democrats tackle when they come back in September. What do you think is going to happen on this, especially we've got Manchin and we've got Cinema um, holding up the filibuster or any action on it? What do you, how do you see this playing out? Um, I don't know. I know that there are, there's a bunch of Democrats in the Senate that are really, really dedicated to the filibuster for really stupid reasons. And they are not particularly interested in fixing voting rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that if they if they kill this, we're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is literally the article I just published today wow. at the banter is if we need those two, we need the John Lewis Act, and, uh, the Voting Rights Act, and we need the For the People Act. Mm-hmm. We need both of them because without them, Republicans are going to do one of two things. They're either going to rig and tamper with elections until they can cheat their way back into power, Mm -hmm. at which point they will just change the law until they cannot lose, Mm -hmm. right? Because they can't win elections. Yeah. I mean, they've lost, what, seven out of the last eight popular votes? Yeah. They can't win elections anymore without the Supreme Court handing them an election or cheating. Yeah. You know, at the rate they're going, they're just going to start losing elections all the time. And they know it, which mm-hmm. means they have to change the rules in order to not lose anymore. Yeah. Like um, voter suppression and gerrymandering only gets them so far. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they they did that in 2010 and they still ended up losing the House and the Senate because of Trump. Right. Because people were that pissed off and he was that shitty of a president. (laughs) 
but so they have to they have to pretty much make it so they can't lose yeah and they could just overrule elections which is what they're trying to do now and if they can't do that then they're just going to throw violent coup after violent coup yeah. until they actually manage to do it mm-hmm. the only way to stop that is to keep them from changing the rules and stealing elections and fucking with the elections and doing that whole this whole audit thing they're doing and mm-hmm. you know calling all the uh, elections into question they have to you have to be able to stop the big lie yeah you know because coups need justifications and if you take away the justification or most of it it gets really hard to do so you can't just show you can't just show up and say we're taking over the country because we want white men in charge right no one's going to put up with it yeah oh my god okay so i've had a couple of different people you know i'm always going on what some of the other people i talk to say and i mean i feel if we don't get this bill passed i agree with you i think we're in for some shit but there are some people who believe that if it doesn't get passed that there's still a path to victory maybe not a uh like a a huge majority but maybe we could still have democrats could still have a path to victory just because like for instance we saw huge voter turnout in the 2018 midterms because democrats were motivated by their disgust and fear and anger with trump now we have democrats all the democrats who were paying attention in 2018 I'm going to bet are still paying attention now and they're just as horrified and just as fearful and angry at the, what the Republicans are doing. And so there have been some people on my show who have thought that if we don't get this bill passed, there's still going to be enough people paying attention. Um, yeah, it's midterm and we know what the history says about what happens during midterms. Uh, as far as turnout and whoever the president is, president is, but I mean, do you have any hope that if we don't get this bill passed, because it doesn't look like Cinema's going to fucking budge? I don't know about Mansion. I think he could be pushed, but I, it doesn't look like Cinema is going to be budged. So if we can't get this thing passed, do you do you think there's any hope, or or do you think it's just a fruitless? I effort? think there's a chance. Like for that, there's a chance to hold on for the Senate. Right. For the House. Uh, no, because they'll li- they're literally going to gerrymander themselves a majority. They're going to gerrymander. They're going to gerrymander. The Supreme Court literally told them, "We don't care what you do with gerrymandering. We're not going to stop you." Yeah. And that means they could just eliminate Democratic seats and create Republican ones where they cannot lose, mm-hmm. and they know how to do it. They could do it with such precision now that they can guarantee themselves a win in the house by losing. Yeah. They can lose by like 60 to 40% and still win. Tech, you know, quote unquote yeah. win. You know, and they know it, which is why they're not super concerned. You know, they just have to make sure that these two bills don't pass somehow and they can they can take the house. Which means all they have to do is screw around enough with the election in 2024 Mm -hmm. and they can have the house appoint the president. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's going to stop them from doing that is if half a million people show up in Washington with baseball bats and dare them to try it. Mm -hmm. You know, that the one six, the one six crowd has to be a tiny drop in a bucket compared to what we would have to do to keep Republicans from going through with it. 
Yeah. We would have to scare them so badly from trying to steal an election. They don't have the nerve. I don't know. Because they, they I mean, they're that. telling us that's what they're going to do. Yeah. They keep talking about it. That's their plan. Yeah. You know, oh. so we have to get these bills passed. So if cinema has any interest in keeping her seat, people have to explain to her. It's like, if you plan on still being a senator, you're going to do this. Otherwise, you're going to not be a senator anymore. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't. I hate that fucking woman. I had Grant Stern on here before, and he was like basically telling us to leave Mansion and Cinema alone. And that's like, I can't. No, I can't. I know we got to focus on the Republicans, and they are terrible, terrible people. But you know, if if we let this go and we give them a pass, and they don't vote for it, yeah, it's just like you're saying. And the, you know, I, I haven't really asked anybody this, and I know the answer is I'm scared because that's what it is. But I mean, do you spend time? Because I spend time. I tried to spend as little time as possible, but it does come into my head about like what happens if let's just say worst case scenario, whether it's Donald Trump gets reelection, Ron DeSantis is the president because of all their cheating. We don't get the voting bill passed. And in 2024, we do see uh, Ron DeSantis or Trump or whoever else, because they're all going to be as bad as each other um, in power again. I think about that and it it's like. I used to live in Russia. I used to live in Soviet Russia, and I can't help. I mean, it's not going to be the same thing, but it's like it's going to be a different country. Do you think about like what that would be like and what that would mean to you specifically? Oh yeah, no, we've already had this conversation. Me and my wife, we've talked about this on numerous occasions. We would leave. Yeah. Like, 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 okay. So when Trump got elected in 2016, uh, I'm sorry, elected quote-unquote yeah right when you know when he got into the white house in 2016 i told i i posted on facebook to my friends and family do not tell me that if you voted for trump do not tell me i don't want to know Mm -hmm. and my mother-in-law debbie's mother called her up the next day not mind you i know the woman's a republican and she has never bothered telling us who she's voted for before, mm-hmm. right? In all the like the twenty years I've noticed, she's never mentioned it once. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew she just never actually right. said it, <laughs> but she called up to tell Debbie that she voted for Trump because she was proud of that. Wow, right? And, and she saw my Facebook post, right? I, mm-hmm. I know she had seen it, mm-hmm. and but she felt the need to tell Debbie, and I told Debbie, I was like, well. Okay, since she felt the need to tell us about it, you understand I will not be speaking to her again, <laughs> ever, for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Until she's dead, I'll maybe say something at her funeral about, fuck you, and that's it. <laughs> and Debbie didn't really understand why. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had to explain it to her, and I explained it to her a couple of times. She didn't really get it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm Jewish. Okay, which means my kids are Jewish, mm-hmm. and I I understood very well what was coming. Mm-hmm. That the end because at the time they were screaming about Muslims mm-hmm. and they were screaming about immigrants. And I told her back in 2016, they're gonna get to the Jews mm-hmm. because they always get to the Jews mm-hmm. because that's what white nationalists do, yeah. and that's who Trump has been was talking to. Like all through his campaign, mm-hmm. that's who he was talking to, and she didn't really understand that until Charlottesville. Yeah. And when Charlottesville happened, I showed her the video, and I told her, 
that's who Trump has been talking to this whole time. Mm -hmm. That's who your mother voted for. Yeah. That's who's in power now. That's why I don't talk to your mother, and that's going to get worse. Yeah. And then we had the synagogue shootings, and I kept explaining to her because she's she's not Jewish. She's she's Italian. Mm -hmm. She doesn't understand, right? She doesn't. She didn't grow up with. I mean, I grew up in New York. I didn't grow up. I grew up in like Brooklyn, so I had like it was extremely diverse. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up around anti-Semitism. Right. But when you're Jewish, you kind of always understand it. It's like, yeah. oh, there's an entire group of people who want to slaughter every single person like me just because we exist. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. It's kind of hard not to have that in the back of your mind at all times. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I learned about that when I was like 10. And it, it leaves an impact, mm -hmm. right? And we've and now we've discussed this a number of times. And she was at one point was trying to get a job on Capitol in the Capitol. And when she saw the January 16th, she was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, it's like it's that kind of serious." Yeah. So now she's like super militant about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So we've agreed, <laughs> if they get back in power, we gotta go. Do you know where you would go? Well. First thing we would do is get the fuck out of this country and get yeah. over to Canada because that's that's, that's it. It's all Canada. Poor Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's the closest border for us. Yeah, is get to Canada mm -hmm. and then get somewhere into Europe. Yeah, because oh, honestly, okay. if they if they get into power and they stay in power, the first place they're gonna go is Canada. Yeah, because you know you know how fascists are. They always have to have an enemy. Mm -hmm. They always have to have an enemy. And once they get through cleaning house here and they will mm -hmm. because those cattle cars will start rolling eventually because mm -hmm. that's what they do yeah anytime you give them power long enough they will start ethically cleansing everyone they want mm -hmm. to get rid of they just can't stop themselves it's who they are and they keep telling us that's what they want to do mm -hmm. constantly bragging about it that's like the first thing they want they want to get rid of all the undesirables yeah. Because they're fucking monsters. Mm -hmm. They're going to go after Canada because Canada has lots of white people and natural uh, national, natural resources. Why yes. wouldn't they? You know, so Canada's not going to be safe. Get there and then leave as quickly <laughs> as possible. But first, got to get out of the country. There's no way I can stay here. There's yeah. no way I would put my kids through that. My son's autistic. He's going to be one of the first people they're going to want to go after. Oh, my God. These people, these people are monsters. And they, I spent an awful lot of time on um, neo-Nazi chat boards several years ago mm -hmm. just to understand who these people are. Yeah. Wow. That's brave of you. It was really unpleasant. I bet. And, and seriously, one of the articles I wrote for Addicting Info way back when, it might have been Addicting Info, I don't remember, it was years ago. I took comments from, I think it was Stormfront, oh, The Blaze, and um, um, what was Bannon's stupid site? That's still running around. Breitbart? Yes, Breitbart. Mm -hmm. I took comments from all three of those sites, mm -hmm. and I just listed them all next to each other. And I told people, pick out which one came from the neo-Nazi website. Mm -hmm. Nobody could. You can't tell the difference. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah. They're all, it's just who they are. You know, it's like, you if you give these people power they've told you what they're going to do with it. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I'm a white Aryan-looking woman, and I'm still 
fucking petrified because it's not that I think they're going to pick on me specifically outside of being a woman because, of course, that's, you know. Uh, but, you know, Bob and I, for a living, we talk about politics and we rail against the government. And Oh, and you're definitely going to yeah. be, you know, one of those people. It's like, exactly. oh, well, you, you're – you're journalists and you you say things that we don't like. Yeah. So yeah. Gonna, you're going to be disappeared into an unmarked van. Exactly. And that's what, you know, I mean, my, my Aryan fucking looks aren't going to help me there. Not that I would want to depend on that, but, but the, there's that fear that lives in me. Like, what if this happens? Okay. The first thing your mind goes to is like, what, where am I vulnerable? Where am I safe? And, you know, and, and frankly, like you were just saying, because of what I do for a living and because I'm a woman, I'm not safe. Now, Bob is, you know, he's a, he's Italian, but he's a white male. And the thing against him, though, is that he rails against the government and he criticizes Republicans. And so, you know, therefore, he is also going to be a target. I mean, we don't have this kind of plan. In fact, I know it's a lot for him to even think about because he, he's like... He, he's like, I need to just take this one day at a time. And I totally get that. But I also feel like, and the other thing that really scares me is like, both my parents are here. I can't leave them. And they're not Trump supporters, you know? So it's like, I, I could never leave my mother. My mom's like, Canada wouldn't want me. I'm old. And, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I don't know what would happen, but I, I, I feel like you, like I'd want to leave. I, I can't imagine what this country would be like under like ongoing Republican rule. It's not Republican anymore. I mean, the Republicans were bad enough. They are neo-Nazis. And, you know, it's full-on white supremacy. It's full-on fascism. And as I've said a gazillion times, because I lived in Russia and I understood what it's like to live in a country where you don't get the fuck, you don't get any rights. It doesn't feel like it feels here. And there are so many Americans who just because they've never had that experience... They can't, literally cannot even imagine it. Sadly, I can. And I know we're not going to become a communist country, <clears throat> excuse me, but it doesn't matter. We're going to be modern-day Russia, and it will be fucking awful. And, um, yeah, Actually, I mean... I, I, honestly, I think it'll be worse. Yeah. I, I think it'll be it way be. worse, because, I mean, Russia's, Russia is, is very um, homogenous, right? Yes. It's mostly white. That's true. That's true. So they don't... I mean, they, I mean they're... Uh, they're fairly racist, but they're not our kind of racist. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've got white supremacy. We've got white nationalism, and there's a difference. What's the white difference? Supremacy, white, supremacy, white supremacy is I can tolerate the presence of people that I consider inferior, mm -hmm. right? As long as they know their place. As long as I'm at the top of the pecking order, mm -hmm. I'm okay with my inferiors being here. That's not where the that's not where the right's going anymore. They're moving. They've moved past that. I mean, there's it's still there, but they're moving well into white nationalism. And white nationalism is white nationalism is you cannot be here. Yeah, that's that's straight. I mean, that's apartheid and then some. That's like you can't not you can't just be in my country you have to be segregated or eliminated mm -hmm. you have to be gone you cannot be part of my society and however i have to do that mm -hmm. that's how i have to do it either i deport you i put you in concentration camps i put you in ghettos or i eventually start killing you mm -hmm. 
whatever I have to do in order to maintain my perfect, beautiful whiteness. Mm -hmm. You cannot be near me. You're not allowed near my, my, my people, my group. Get out of my cities. Get out of my country. You have to go. That's what they talk about. They don't want to put black people and Latinos back in their place. They want them gone. Mm -hmm. You know, and when this new census report comes out, I think it's going to be tomorrow. That shows that the white population is dwindling mm -hmm. and all the population growth is coming from uh, minorities. They're going to go fucking crazy. Yeah, they are. Because that wasn't supposed to start happening for like another decade or so. So they're going to go fucking crazy. And they're already crazy to begin with. Like, if there's not an uptick in domestic terrorism yeah, in the I next know. month or two, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be surprised, well, honestly. Supposedly, Trump's going to be president on Friday, the 13th. <laughs> um, and so when he's not reinstated, I, I mean, he has – I don't know if he's been talking about this recently um, at any of his dumb fuck rallies. Uh, but that was the date that he's supposed to be reinstated. And so I'm just wondering what's going to happen when that doesn't happen. I mean, I, I wonder if we're going to see bursts of violence throughout the country or, I mean, are, are, are the idiots just going to say, oh, well, he's not, he's not reinstated for this reason and he will be reinstated on another fucking date that they just, you know, because they're always wrong. <laughs> well, it's like a doomsday cult. They always change the date when doomsday yeah. doesn't come. Right. Because it's for them, for Trump and his people, it's just a big con. Yeah. Right. It's just a grift. Exactly, it's like, how yeah. how do I get these suckers to keep giving me money? Oh, I keep telling them I'm just going to be president soon and they'll yeah. just keep sending me money. Yeah. Ha ha. Morons. <laughs> you know, I mean, and they'll never get tired of it because he keeps promising them. Uh, you know what? Wait another year or two, and I'll be running for president again, so it won't matter. And when I'm president, I promise you, I'm going to hurt all the people that made you angry over the last four years. That's that's going to be his campaign for 2024. Yes. yes. Make me president, and all the people that hurt your feelings for the last four years, I'm going to get them for you. Yeah. And they'll love him for it. Of course, they like, will. Because that's all that's all his freaking can that's all his presidency was in 2016. Make me president. I'll hurt people that you hate. It's just I just can't even believe the country has come to this. It's I don't feel comfortable going to restaurants now. I don't know when I ever will. And, you know, I mean, aside from the global pandemic, you know, we've got these crazy ass Republicans just fucking it all up for everybody. And I, it's like how I don't even know how one fucking processes this because it's just it's literally unbelievable. Yet it's happening. And, you know, Bob's always going off on. The fact that, you know, human beings are just not ready for the Internet. And I've got to I've got to agree as my, I mean, I make my living because of the Internet. I'm able you know, I've actually been able to accomplish some amazing things because of the Internet. And one of them and I'm going to fully brag about this right now. And I've talked about it again. I, you know, like to repeat myself, mm. but. <laughs> I was all over the ERA when I first learned about it. When I was introduced to it in 2012, I was like so many other people had no idea that the country didn't have an equal rights amendment. And then I did everything I could with the pages that I had on Facebook that had tons of reach. I made memes or I had people make memes for me because I'm not good at it. I would write articles and I tried to find people to talk about the ERA that would be, you know, like I, I was writing open letters to Oprah Winfrey and other high, you know, high profile people. 
and it never worked. And then eventually I found Alyssa Milano and I was able to introduce her and she just like me was like, Oh my God, this is going to be my priority. And it really was, it wasn't like one tweet and she was done. She really dove in. She really threw herself into it. Yeah. And she's articulate. She knows her shit. She's a fast study. Cause I sent her, I sent her a personal email with like every possible thing I could think of all the articles, all the information, all the talking points. And, uh, you know, she took it and ran with it. And, in, in an incredibly impressive way to the point where she got Biden's ear and made him make it part of his platform in 2020. Nice. So, you know, I mean, Alice Paul, who wrote the Equal Rights Amendment, said we are all peaches. Uh, I think she said we're all pieces of the mosaic. And so that's what I feel like. I, I am one person who was able to use my platform and my voice to advance it that far. And everybody else who did what they did, people who were working, you know, in the three states that finally did ratify it, like in Chicago, or I mean, I'm sorry, Illinois, Nevada, and then Virginia, all those ERA advocates were literally for years doing the work to try to convince le legislators to pass it. And so there, you know, there's a whole bunch of us and everybody, even if it was one fucking post on Twice, uh, Twice <laughs> Twitter or <laughs> Facebook, it was, it made a difference, you know? So I, I think, you know, as much as I can give the internet like applause for being able to reach all these, I don't know, man, I think it's our fucking downfall. <laughs> So we don't know how to handle the fucking internet. I just don't think we are. Well, I think capable. the problem is we do know how to handle it. And we know <laughs> how to abuse it really, really yes, well. That, that's very true. But, you know, we also get a lot of disinformation. And, and one of the things I'm going to talk about today on my patrons only show, which is after this one, um, is I put a plea out on Twitter for centrists and progressives to please get their shit together and we need to unite because I've seen it from both sides. I've seen assholes on both sides accusing each other and it's like, look, you can disagree with whether it's AOC or whoever you, you want to disagree with, but this, this ridiculous infighting that's damaging us. I'm not going to vote for the Democrats if, you know, if, if this is the case and the Democrats are terrible people. That's the side from the Uber. I don't want to call them progressives because I'm a progressive. I don't behave like that. There are the far left fringe people who, you know, say that shit like Ryan Knight and all those people. Um, oh, I call them shitty white, quote unquote, progressives. That's yeah. just how I call That's why I call them all the time. They're not real progressives. Yeah, they're not. I mean, I actually do think for the most part, centrists are more progressive because they realize that change is going to be incremental. But then there's those certain progressives. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, centrists out there who are just so busy hating on the actual progressives who are pushing the Democrats to the left, as they always have done, that it's it's getting in the way. And they're and they're starting to like I've I was basically called a Bernie bro. And it's like, oh, my fucking God, I am not a Bernie bro. But um, whatever. I'm going to talk about that a little later on my show. But you know what? Uh, I, I know you got to go. I know you're a stay-at-home dad, which is fucking awesome. And uh, you've got all these kids you're dealing with. And I'm so grateful that you had some time to come on my show. I love talking to you. And maybe one day you can come back. Oh, th that would be awesome. <laughs> yep, I do have a baby. I do have another kid getting dropped off in about 20 minutes. Yes. I babysit. Um, but uh, <laughs> I watch my kids and other people's. But um, yes, no, it was definitely awesome talking to you. Um well, and before I let you go, why don't you yes. tell everybody where they can find you? 
Yes, well, I am on Twitter at um, Justin D. Rosario. That is R-O-S-A-R-I-O. Um, also on Facebook, just under my name, Justin Rosario. And you can find me at The Banter at Substack. Um, I think that's how it works. Yeah, um, the, but yeah. Yeah, definitely <laughs> sign up for our email because it's awesome. It's and, awesome. And uh, all that good stuff. Yes, and, and Ben Cohen is at The Banter, and he's been on the show too. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. My books are on Amazon. And uh, I was going to say that I put all of Justin's links, everything he just mentioned, in the Patreon description of this show. So thanks once again, Justin. It was great talking to you. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you for having me on. Take care. All right, bye.